Hello and welcome to another episode of Rethinking Rehab with Dr. Shane Smith. I'm a licensed physical therapist that's been practicing out of Naples, Florida for the last 10 years. I treat primarily orthopedic and neurologic-based problems people face. Um, it's been a fun month of January so far for me. We've had some funky weather here, but not as bad as other parts of the country. And uh, I'm looking forward to the first really good weather weekend in a few weeks. Hopefully we'll do some fun things outside with my family. Uh, another new addition to my office this month uh, has been a clinical set of blood flow restrictive training cuffs. Um, I went with the Smart Tools cuff. It's a pretty well-known brand. Uh, it's got some real cool tech aspects with these cuffs. It's all connected via an app, and I've been really thrilled to be able to start incorporating BFR with some of my patients. And that brings us into the topic of today's podcast. BFR training, what is it all about? So some people have heard of BFR, some people haven't. Um, it's a pretty interesting new area for strength training. Um, so BFR stands for blood flow restrictive training. And pretty much in a nutshell, what it is, is a blood pressure cuff or a uh, tourniquet of some sort that will restrict blood flow to either your legs or your arms, depending on where you put the cuff on your body. And you inflate these cuffs to limit blood flow to a certain extent in your limbs, and you work out with them on. When you work out with these uh, uh, occlusion devices, these BFR cuffs, it will cause a big metabolic challenge on your muscle tissue. So think about if you've ever done a rep or an exercise to failure. Um, you don't have a total number of repetitions set when you do this exercise. You're just gonna rep it out until you just can't do it anymore. Um, when I played football, we used to do this a lot with bench press. Um, I've done this with free weight exercises where you, you know, you're usually using a little bit lighter weight than normal and you're just trying to see how many can you do. Um, what usually stops a muscle from being able to work in a burnout set like I'm describing would be meta metabolic chemical byproduct formation and its limitation of letting the muscles actually contract. That is going to be some of the burning sensation you may have experienced in muscles when you're lifting and working out really hard is that as you're getting to those final few reps of that set, you'll just feel this intense burning sensation in your muscles as they're working. That is all due to lactic acid and other metabolic uh, breakdown processes that occur and the waste products left over from those chemical processes that's stuck in your muscle tissue. What does our blood system do to help with that? It flushes it all out of our limbs. So if you have occlusion to the arteries and veins in your limbs you're exercising and you push it to the point where you're getting that burn and that acid buildup, it will actually cause a metabolic overload of your muscle tissue. It will decrease the amount of phosphocreatine available, which decreases your pH. It will also cause other byproducts, like I mentioned before, like lactic acid to build up in muscle tissue. And that gives you kind of like a burning sensation when you're working out a little more, more uh, vigorously. Uh, why is that a good thing? Well, research is showing that when we have these chemical byproduct processes increase in our body, it helps with increasing protein synthesis. So you will get more strength gains and you will get more muscle mass building in a shorter duration of time working out with BFR cuffs than you will without them. Um, so 
I think there's a lot of benefit to add one, maybe two days a week into a, a normal person's strength training routine using the BFR cuffs because it's going to tax and challenge your muscles in a very different way than they're used to. And I always feel that, you know, varying exercises, challenging things differently. Um, a concept I've talked about in prior podcasts is the SAID principle, S-A-I-D. Um, the SAID principle stands for specific adaptations to impose demands. Um, this example would be if you enjoy going to the gym and bench pressing or you enjoy going to the gym and riding the recumbent bicycle that that over time will improve your ability's body to do that task so you're in the gym and you bench press every time you go in there your arms and chest are going to get strong with a bench press movement that does not translate to lifting an object off the floor, you're gonna be really strong with doing that because you've got different muscles that are gonna engage with a lifting movement versus a push movement. Um, it doesn't translate to, I'm better at picking things up to do like a move in my house because I've been bench pressing. It, you know, it wouldn't help you. Now, if you needed to push furniture across a room, because that's a push motion that would be benefited because of the task in the gym you're doing represents that task in life you're doing. So when you think about walking or excuse me, a recumbent bike, I can sit on a bike and I can bike for an hour. You'd think your legs are super strong. That doesn't mean you can go out and run a 10K. You know, oh, I bike every day. I should be good to run a race. That doesn't translate that well. The adaptation your body has done hasn't worked for that switch. It, it's only going to adapt to the challenges you present it with. So anything we're looking at with a chemical challenge to the muscle will help you adapt to a lot of variable activities you're doing. So in terms of muscle function, it does have better translatability to non-exercise based tasks. If you're doing air squats, uh, you know, sit to stand out of a chair, that kind of movement with the BFR, I would tell you lifting, picking up things, going upstairs, all those tasks that you would require leg muscles to use that you're challenging with the BFR training, they're all going to be better with those life tasks too. So it allows for a better adaptation to impose demand. So your said principle will be more well-rounded with BFR training than it would with just traditional exercising. So that's a huge reason to look at doing it in and of itself. Another dynamic that for my rehab world might be even more applicable than just challenging yourself in a different way with strength training. And that would be loading your body in a lower than normal level because maybe your joints don't allow for it. Uh, or you just came off an injury and your body tissue that was worked on with the surgery isn't ready to be loaded to a certain extent. Both of those recovery or breakdown with arthritis are benefited immensely from the BFR. So I'll give you an example of a patient I had recently that we did this with. So I had a lady in my clinic uh, last week and I have seen her previously uh, for various things. And she's complained to me that her knees are not good. So, you know, when we do different exercises to strengthen her lower body, which is kind of what her issues pertaining to, she always tells me lunges, squats, I don't do those well. And for me, when I look at a woman in her 40s, she should be able to do lunges and squats still. Why can't she? Crummy knees. Okay, well, we can do air squats with her. We can do something non-loaded and it doesn't hurt them too much. It's tolerable. But how much are we going to really get out of that over time? You know, I mean, if all I'm doing is squatting my body weight, sure, getting up and out of a chair without using my hand should be pretty good. 
but is that strength going to translate over to other activities that are also beneficial? And I think for this example given, it won't. There, there, there is load needed on the body to strengthen it. And it's a concept I talk to patients about a lot. And a lot of the patients I talk to are back patients that complain about back pain and anything they do strengthening hurts their back. So they just do stretches all the time. And they think because they're moving around, rolling around, doing different things with their body that they're strengthening their body, but they're really, really not. The real key to strengthen your body is to do, you got to get yourself to baseline handling your own body weight. So the air squat example, will that strengthen your legs? Yes, to the point of being able to get your ass out of a chair. It will help you get your body up and manage your own body weight. So for some very deconditioned people, this is a great goal to hit just there. They're not relying on assistive devices. They're not relying on other people to help get them up and move. So maybe for an 85-year-old person, just getting to the point of strength to handle their own body weight is all they really care about. However, I personally feel in the time I've been a physical therapist, you need external load on your body after you get to that baseline point. So once you can do 10 sit-to-stands out of a chair without your legs burning terribly and you don't feel too tired from that exercise, we need to add a weight in your hands. Because when you overload your muscles, it helps your brain function better, it adds increased strength to your muscles, and that increased strength with resistance really makes your body function so, so much better. What do you do with the example of this patient I told you before with crappy knees that all she can do is air squats and body weight stuff without hurting her joints? Well, we can add BFR. So another really cool advantage with the BFR is while I do basic exercises that I just told you before are not enough resistance load to really strengthen you past baseline, you add BFR, that changes the game. So you can just do air squats or lunges or basic body weight resistance exercises that maybe your broken down joints can tolerate to a certain extent. But because of the occlusion of the cuffs and the metabolic overload processes that are going on, you get substantial strength gains and substantial muscle hypertrophy with virtually no external load needed. So it's such a unique area because as a therapist for the last 10 years, that's been one of the hardest areas for me to work with is somebody that's got a severe amount of joint arthritis and joint breakdown that hurts a lot, especially if we put any extra load on those joints that they're not used to. How the hell do you get them stronger then? And really my solution has been aquatic-based training, get in the pool and try to do some more stuff in the water where your body weight isn't as, as, as much, but you can still move through ranges of motion comfortably um, or modify positions on land when you're doing strength training so that it's easier on the body. Um, both of those are helpful. They do work, but not nearly as fast as the research is showing that BFR can. So if you're somebody dealing with arthritis, joint breakdown issues, and that is your rationale of why you can't strength train and get stronger, the excuse is gone. We've got BFR now. Um, however, with BFR, there are some parameters that you should be aware of. Um, it is very safe for a large swath of the population to use. Those dealing with severe blood pressure issues, those dealing with severe lymphedema swelling issues in the limbs, uh, those with active infections in the limbs, uh, those would all be parameters to not be candidates for BFR training. However, many, many people out there are not going to fall into uh, those categories and would all benefit immensely from this kind of training. What we look at 
from a BFR standpoint uh, in terms of how do these cuffs work safely and appropriately, uh, we have to get limb occlusion pressure correctly. Um, there are many uh, occlusion devices out there. Some of them are like rubber band straps you put around your uh, limbs when you exercise. Some of them are just pressure cuffs without measuring devices attached in them. Any of those type of restrictive blood flow training need to be very closely supervised, mainly with Dopplers. So you can look at a Doppler which checks blood flow to an artery, and you would do that either for the wrist or for the ankle when the BFR is on. It takes a little bit more time. You gotta go to a certain pressure level, use a Doppler, check to see what blood flow is. When we get to the point that blood flow stops, so the occlusion point, the point where I've added enough pressure on your limb that there's no blood going in, there's no blood going out. That is what we refer to as our limb occlusion pressure. That is the pressure number that your limb needs, whether it be your arm or leg, to stop blood flow to it. We do not train in max limb occlusion pressure. It is a number of uh, pressure point that we will then take percentages off of to do training. So safely, upper body training can be done at 50% limb occlusion pressure. So let's say your limb occlusion pressure is 180 millimeters of mercury. Your training limb occlusion pressure at 50% would be 90. So your blood pressure cuff should be at a 90 millimeters of mercury pressure rating to it, and that would be a safe, effective range if your limb occlusion pressure was 180. The lower body can go a little higher. It's a little further away from the heart and can handle a little bit more occlusion safely without causing any other problems to your body. Uh, so when we look at lower extremity limb occlusion pressure, we're going to go 80% of that. So for the lower body, you can go to a max of 80% of what your limb occlusion pressure number is. The thing I really like about the smart cuffs and the fourth generation, I believe, is the ones that I just purchased that have devices built into the cuffs that will determine this automatically for you. So it's really sweet about the set I have here in the office. I put the cuffs on your arms or your legs, which one we choose. We hit, you know, calibrate. It's going to figure out on its own what your limb occlusion pressure is. And then after it's figured it out, it's going to say, what percentage do you want to work out in? Um, a lot of times for new people that have never done this before, I will tell you to start at a 30 to 40% limb occlusion pressure for your upper extremity. For lower extremity, I would say start at a 50% limb occlusion pressure. And you do exercises with that pressure on while you're doing your exercise. So you know, whether it be air squats, whether it be lunges, whether it be knee extension, sitting down to straighten your knee, whether it be bridges. I mean, you can think of exercises that can just go on and on and on. The goal is to do 30 reps. So you would keep it to a pressure level or a resistance level that you can do 20 to 30 reps. You should have a pretty substantial burn near the end of your exercise set. Some older cuffs do not easily allow you to drop pressure. And if you want to train to the highest level with limb occlusion, you would not turn the pressure off from training during rest period. Most patients that I start BFR training with, we will do an intermittent setting. So on my cuffs, I can choose three parameters. I can choose either a very, very low intensity being we're gonna have the pressure on the cuffs to the level we set while you rest. 
and after your rest time is over, we'll turn the pressure off and we'll start exercising without occlusion pressure. That is the easiest starting point. If I had a 80 year old person here that was really uncertain but wanted to give it a try, that would be the type of training I'd begin with with them to make sure they don't get too sore from it. The next step up from that would be an intermittent setting. And that's what I've used the most myself to train with. And that's the setting I've used by far the most with clients in here to train with. So with intermittent, the cuffs are going to fill to a pressure rating that you've chosen based on your limb occlusion pressure percentage. And then you're going to work out with them on. Once you're done with your set, you're burning like crazy. You can hit an end set button on an app and boom, all the pressure goes out of the cuffs. So you can let all that you know chemical byproduct buildup from your exercise flush completely out of your body, have the good new blood flow, good nutrients come back into the muscle tissue to help uh, you know regenerate it, re revitalize it so it can go again for another exercise and then you re-pump them back up and then you go again. Uh, the final one, the most intense version, you pump them up, you work out with them pumped, and you rest with them staying pumped. If you go to that very difficult uh, exercise parameter where it's a constant pressure on the BFR, uh, you don't want to do that more than 20 minutes. Uh, what I've read in research is 20 minutes max. I will be honest, I've had patients that on their own have gone up to 30 minutes of training with the BFR constantly on. I would not exceed that. I'd keep it at 30 minutes max. Research says safely 20 minutes is where you should stop at just because your limbs are going to need some blood flow and nutrients after a certain time without causing any damage. Also, if you do this training on your own because you can buy these cuffs if you're not a medical pro professional, um, realize that if you're noticing tingling numbness in your fingers or your toes while you're working out, you have the pressure too high. So you can go down in 10 millimeter, like 10 millimeters of mercury increments until you get to a point that feels comfortable. The pressure's there, but it's not causing any weird nerve symptoms distally in my hands or fingers. Uh, so that's a good thing to look at. Also, another parameter I feel it's important to look at when you're using these is not only can you do strength training exercises like you know a light bicep curl or, or a bench press or squats or lunges. I mean, all those various things that are more thought of as strength training exercises, you can do all those with them, which I do a lot of with these. But you can also go to a cardiac training. So maybe you're very deconditioned cardiovascularly and your goal isn't entirely using BFR for muscle hypertrophy, maybe it's, I want to get better conditioned. I'm very short of breath. I'm very out of shape. I need to get in better cardiovascular condition. There are many settings that you can use the BFR for that as well. So there are a few things you must know when you're doing cardio-based exercises with it. Um, the first being you have to know what your max heart rate is. Um, you can find this number very simply by subtracting uh, your age from 220. So for me as an example, I'm 36. If you took 220 minus 36, my max safe heart rate is 184 beats per minute. So whenever I do exercising, if I'm full tilt, 184, 185 is the max range safely that I should hit to. I will tell you if you're a very conditioned athlete, you can probably exceed that number and safely be fine working out there. However, for someone deconditioned uh, or is using these for conditioning because they haven't done exercise or cardio training in a long time, keep it below that max heart rate. The next number you need to figure out 
is your heart rate reserve. So your heart rate reserve is going to be what your max heart rate, what we just talked about, that 220 minus your age, that max heart rate minus what your resting heart rate is. If you have an Apple Watch, uh, it's very easy to go into the heart rate settings on your watch and determine what your average resting heart rate is. It will easily tell you in the watch. If you don't have an Apple Watch, I would say sit for five to 10 minutes comfortably, relax, and just check what your, your, your beats per minute uh, are resting. You're gonna take your max heart rate and subtract that resting heart rate number. So for me, as I said before, my max heart rate's 184. My resting heart rate today was 64 beats per minute. So 184 minus 64, my heart rate reserve is 120. So the equation you then go to next, I know a lot of math with this one. You are going to take your heart rate reserve number so your max heart rate minus your resting heart rate for me it's 120 you're going to then times that by the intensity percentage and with cardio training with the bfr they say to start at a 30 percent intensity so it would be 120 times 0.3 and then i add my resting heart rate on top of that so that total for me comes out to 100 beats per minute so when I'm training with the BFR on doing a cardio-based exercise, whether it be walking on a treadmill, whether it be using a row machine, whether it be sitting on a spin bike, a recumbent bike, an elliptical, whatever it is that you're doing cardio training-wise, I should be watching my heart rate while I'm doing this. And to keep at that exertion level, I need to keep around 100 beats per minute heart rate. The thing that's nice about that is with that restriction blood flow, your heart rate's going to go up because it's more challenging on your body. So you will have to use such a low level intensity to maintain that heart rate. It's not too difficult of a workout. You're not going to be short of breath per se, but it will exceed, it will speed up your uh, cardio uh, conditioning training substantially. So those are just a couple really great options and ways that if you did have BFR and you were wanting to use it at home, what do I need to put parameters to? What are things I need to be careful of? What do I need to look out for? You can do it for strength training. You can do it for cardio training. Just be careful on how intense you're doing your exercise. Also make sure that your limbs that are under pressure are not getting too uh, overworked. They're not getting numb and you don't keep those cuffs on too long. I think it's an, a, a tremendous advancement with exercise training. I think individuals that have you know, joint problems or chronic issues that limit them from loading their body to a certain extent will have strength gains and improvements in conditioning like they've never been able to do before while implementing the BFR training. So I hope this info on blood flow restrictive training and why it works, how it works, and some parameters to think about if you do use it are helpful. And if you're in the Naples area and you're interested in trying this exercise routine out, give me a shout. We're more than happy to take patients on doing a little blood flow restrictive training and exercising. Have a great day and I'll speak to you next time. Stay healthy and keep moving out there.